I'm Kim. And I'm B. And this is Killer Reality. And we've got true crime for you today. Woo woo. Woo woo. So those of you that don't listen to our sister wives portion, our reality TV. I would ask why you're not. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Let us know why not. Because it's cringeworthy and it's awesome. Exactly. It's very entertaining. So. Uh, we are going to give you a little bit of polygamy anyway. So there. Interesting. What you got yeah. for us today? Uh, have you ever heard of Ervil LeBaron? Well, I mean, you mentioned him and briefly, but mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know anything about him prior to then. So he's uh, <clears throat> a real gem. He's a real gem. So uh, we're going to be talking a little bit um, about... Uh, the Mormon Mafia. The Mormon Mafia. <laughs> the Mormon Mafia. Um, they, oh, what do they call him? Something. Oh, the the Manson Mormon. The Mormon Manson. Something like that. So, Ervil LeBaron, um, number of victims. Do you know how many victims he is accused of mm-hmm. killing? I didn't, but I, I I don't rather, but I know some of them were rather close to him. <laughs> <laughs> rather close, a little bit. Um, 35. Oh, just a few. Just, just a few. Just a few people. Just a few. So, uh, Ervil was born on February 22nd, 1925 um, in Chihuahua, Mexico. Okay. Um, he had at least 13 wives and 50 children. And he was the leader of a plague cult of the FLDS, so the fundamentalist um, uh, Mormons. So in mob boss style, he killed or had ordered to be killed many of his rival religious leaders. So to understand Ervil's life, we need to uh, back up a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit about the LDS or the Church of Latter-day Saints um, or basically mainstream Mormons, the vanilla Mormons. Um, In 1890, they stopped the practice of polygamy. Um, This caused several offshoots of the FLDS that continued the practice. Some of these members moved south to Mexico because there was no interference from U.S. laws. So in my research, I have learned that there are around 70 different offshoots of the Mormon church. Okay. So it's not just all FLDS. They are all fundamentalist, meaning kind of the extreme, but there's different names for each kind of offshoot. I gotcha. Okay. Um, so Alma LeBaron was a member of the mainstream LDS, and he moved his two wives and eight kids down to Chihuahua when uh, the church decided to stop the practice of polygamy. Uh, they started a farm there. 
And we're just living life, having kids, uh, letting everybody know about the gospel. And Alma died in 1951. He passed the leadership of the farm and is the community that they built to a son named Joel. Joel named the community the Church of, okay, this name's kind of long, Church of the Firstborn of the Fullness of Times in Salt Lake City. So they had um, like little offshoots in Salt Lake City as well. So even though they were down in Mexico, they would have satellite churches in Utah. Okay. Okay. He had a younger brother uh, named Herbal, uh, and he was number two in command when the church was new. So 30 families comprised of this church, and the members all lived in Utah and in Baja, California. Now, 30 families could mean 500 people. Right. Right. So it, they had a pretty good following. In the early 1970s, the brothers had a falling out, Herbal and Joel did, and they parted ways. Herbal started a new church in San Diego called Church of the Lamb of God. Uh, because of the falling out, Herbal decided to order a hit on Joel. He was tired of Joel's shit. Nothing like a little family love. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted his brother out of the picture. Uh, Joel was in Mexico at the time uh, when he was killed. And leadership of the Baja California church passed to Verlin LeBaron, a younger brother. So there's another brother because remember, there's lots of kids. <laughs> so Ervil didn't like that uh, Verlin took over. And so he ordered a hit on Verlin. Jeez, guy, calm down. This hit took 10 years to carry out. Oh, my goodness. 10 years they tried to get Verlin. Verlin, my guy, you <laughs> almost made it out. <laughs> or you need better hitmen. <laughs> this is also true, too. <laughs> right? So, Ervil was actually tried in Mexico for the murder of Joel, but his case was overturned on a technicality. Um, after this, Ervil and a band of henchmen headed to the town of Las Molinas to look for Verlin. Um, so while they didn't find Verlin in Las Molinas, they did destroy the entire town and two men were killed in the process. Now, imagine that scene of a pickup truck with guys with machine guns in the back destroying mm -hmm. a town and throwing Molotov cocktails into all the houses. That is what went down. Jeez, yeah, this doesn't sound like a church. This sounds like a cartel. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. So not satisfied with just trying to kill his brothers, he became consumed um, and he started trying to wipe out rival religious leaders. He took a hit out on a guy named Bob Simmons, another polygamous leader who sermoned uh, to Native Americans. And I don't know why he went after poor Bob other than he just wanted to be the leader of everything. Of everybody. Right? Yep. So um, Vonda White, LeBaron's 10th wife, was one of his hitmen. <laughs> wow. Yep. Among several other murders, she is suspected of being the triggerman for killing the wife of one of the LeBaron's associates who was outspoken and critical of her husband. So you talk bad about herbal, you're going to die. Yeah, she's like, I got your back, baby. I got right? you. Right. Um, there is a guy named Dean Grover, uh, Dean Grover Vest. He was a henchman for LeBaron, and he was tired of LeBaron's shit and tried to leave the church. Vonda hunted him down and killed him for his attempt on leaving the church. Okay. Not mm -hmm. only a cartel, but a cult. Okay. Yep. 
She was arrested and sentenced to life in prison for Vess murder. So there's another victim. Her name is Rebecca LeBaron. And she married a guy with the last name of Chenoweth. So Rebecca was actually Ervil's daughter. Oh my God. 17 years old. Killing our own kids. Uh Uh-huh. He put a hit out on her um, because she was a victim of one of his ruthless policies. She was strangled to death because she hollered a lot. And she was outspoken and critical of her father. Ah, there you go. Uh You can't have your own thoughts or anything else, so I'm just going to kill you. Right. She threatened to inform the police about the group. Um, She was also three months pregnant, and she had another son. Oh, my goodness. Those poor Mm -hmm. babies. Her body has never been recovered. It was supposedly buried in the desert in a remote area, and it's alleged that two members of the family strangled her. That's awful. Mm-hmm. So in 1977, LeBaron turned his sights on to Rulon Allred. Uh, does that name ring a bell to you? It does. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know, Rulon Allred um, is a leader of a uh, Mormon offshoot called the AUB. And his granddaughter is none other than Christine Brown, the current reality TV star of Sister Wives. Our queen. Our queen. Um, He was the leader of the group um, and wife number 13 and another woman. So wife number 13 is Rena and another woman named Ramona were dispatched to kill Rulon. So they put on wigs, sunglasses, got to Salt Lake City. Uh, Rulon is a naturopathic doctor, uh, got to his office and shot him several times. And what did he do to deserve to be killed? He failed to submit to LeBaron's ideas. And Rulon was way more progressive in the Mormon, uh, fundamentalist Mormon church than Herbal liked. Herbal, you're evil. Yes. Just take that R out. Exactly. (laughs) So Rena was actually tried and acquitted of Rulon's murders, but later she wrote a book called The Blood Covenant and admitted that she killed Rulon. Unbelievable. Mm Mm-hmm. In 1979, two years after Rulon's death, LeBaron was apprehended. He was tried and sentenced to life in prison for ordering Rulon's death. So basically, cult leader gets arrested for ordering the hit. Uh, He was sentenced in 1980 and died in prison in 1981. But do you think the killing stopped? (laughs) Well, apparently not when you put it that way. (laughs) No. So in prison, LeBaron wrote a Bible, quote unquote Bible, Four to 500 pages that included various doctrines of uh, the, the church members are expected to follow. One of those doctrines or commandments is to kill any disobedient church member. His work is titled The Book of the New Covenants, and about 20 copies were made and distributed. And this means that the killings continued after LeBaron's death. Um, three or there, they were all carried out. Um, Throughout the years. And then in 1988, um, there was one killing that killed multiple people in different areas all at the same time. And I remember hearing about this when I was a kid because it happened in Houston. 
well, one of the murders happened in Houston. Mm-hmm. So one of those killed was LeBaron's grandson, Dwayne, and his eight-year-old daughter. They were out running errands. Uh, the third was a former henchman of LeBaron's named Eddie Martson. Um, and Mark Chenoweth, a father of six and also a grandson, was also killed. So Mark Chenoweth is a grandson of LeBaron. Uh, he was killed in his office in Houston, Texas. The three hits um, all took place at 4 p.m. And they were donned the four o'clock murders. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven people were involved in the murders. Five were found guilty. One um, named Cynthia LeBaron testified against her siblings and was given immunity. Uh, the remaining killers um, remain at large. At large, huh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's comforting. Yep. So in 1989, six of Erbil's youngest children, they were all teens, had arranged somehow, and I don't know how because texting, cell phones, and computers weren't really a thing. Um, they were all put into foster homes, and they had all arranged to leave on the same day um, and take off somewhere, and they all disappeared. Even and, more interesting. Mm-hmm. So Rena, <clears throat> the one that uh, admitted killing Rulon and wrote the book, in her book, she says, um, you know, if those kids made it back to Mexico, to that farm, it's a hotbed of hatred and militarism. I can't even say it. And illegal activities. So basically, she's saying that they are down there being groomed to be killers. Yep. So backtracking to the destruction in Las Molinas, um, basically, the attack came at nightfall um, on the night after Christmas. And again, literally trucks were rolling through the town, throwing Molotov cocktails and shooting into the air and at people as they fled their homes looking for um, the brother. So that's how bad these people are. It gave zero shits about anybody. Anyone. And if you just Google them quickly, it says that they were also involved with bank robbery, Mm -hmm. car theft, drug dealing, and even selling guns to drug traffickers, like agreements with the likes of El Chapo. Yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. So what drove Ervil to be such a dick? (laughs) Let's count the ways. (laughs) Yep. He was obsessed with his religion. He didn't subscribe to his brother Joel's beliefs um, of a charitable and merciful God. So Joel believed that God was this great, uh, merciful God that was very forgiving and loving. And um, Ervil viewed God as very vengeful and wrathful. So they had differing views of what God was to them. Um, and in Mexico, Ervil was known as Loco and a half devil. So the townspeople literally thought he was batshit crazy and he was. So in 1976, Ervil was spending time in a Mexican prison for the Las Molinas raid. And <laughs> this is not so too. Uh, Billy Graham and uh, soon to be president, Jimmy Carter, he was a candidate at the time, received letters threatening them with death if they did not get involved and see to the release of Ervil. The Secret Service actually got involved and traced the letters back to two of Ervil's wives. <laughs> wow. Yep. So when I say he took his religion seriously, 
He took his religion very seriously. A little too seriously. Mm -hmm. So now let's go back to why um, some of this, their beliefs, I guess. Um, In 1823, Joseph Smith claimed an angel showed him um, gold plates with scripture. And this actually became the Book of Mormon. Smith evolved the writings and believed polygamy was um, a holy duty. So that's where the polygamy came from in the Mormon church. Um, In the Old Testament, God allowed multiple wives. But please note that the LDS, while allowing the patriarchy to take multiple wives, the women were forbidden to practice polyandry. That's what taking brother husbands is. Got it. Uh, The practice of taking multiple husbands was banned and not allowed. And one Cody Brown subscribes to that as well. And the patriarch part these Mm -hmm. days. Yep. So LeBaron took polygamy very seriously because Joseph Smith had said, you know, this is what God said. So this is what you must do. Uh, He also believed in blood atonement. And this is a way of making people obey with the threat of physical violence. Basically, if you disobey, you will be hurt and it won't be your feelings that get hurt. Um, Some of us are into stuff like that. (laughs) Well, I was just about to say examples would be threatening to spank someone. (laughs) Yeah. So take that as you will. Sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes it's not. Just kidding. Um, But that's what, you know, adults do with children. Uh, You're going to get a spanking if you don't straighten your shit up, right? So that's a form of that. Um, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Right. So the Christians live under the threat of going to hell to keep them in a straight line. Like you can't break a commandment. Don't commit murder. Don't, uh, don't cheat. Don't do all this stuff. And so if you want to be a good person, the threat of going to hell is what keeps you in line. What keeps these guys in line is the physical violence. Mm -hmm. Right. So Brigham Young and the LDS, um, he was the second prophet of the LDS believe that, um, if you were to stray from your flock, the only way you can get into heaven is to be killed by a righteous assassin. Oh, so we just, okay. Mm-hmm. So he explained that the blood atonement in, um, in a sermon in 1856 is basically you fuck up, you will be killed, but you're going to be killed by someone nice and have someone from the church take you out so you can go to heaven. So we're doing this for your benefit. Oh, okay. I mean, I I don't think that's how any of this is supposed to work, but okay. Now, doesn't, uh, isn't there a university with Brigham Young's name? There is BYU. Mm -hmm. Yep, there sure is. So now circle back to Rulon. He and Ervil actually were buddies at one point and Rulon even evaded being arrested uh, for cohabitation in Utah Uh, The same reason his future granddaughter and her family fled Utah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he and Ervil were pals and he went to Mexico to evade being arrested for a little bit. Um, He actually fled to the ranch and Ervil and his family took him in and everything was great and fine. Until Um, it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Because Ervil was such a douche and believed hardcore in the historical doctrines of his own religion, um, his brother Joel basically pulled him from any sense of being a leader um, or sermonizing in his church. And that's kind of what started the whole killing spree. 
I gotcha. The whole rivalry. Right. But the way Joel did it to a narcissist, he did it in front of the whole congregation, stunning and embarrassing Erval. Ooh, yeah. I could see how that would invoke the rage. Yep. And that day he vowed to kill his brother and anyone who went against him. So that's what kicked it all off. Um, So once this happened, the congregation split into two sides um, and sides were chosen and new churches were formed. And as far as I know, or what I could find, there's been no more killings. um, But that doesn't mean, of course, it's not happening. Right. Yep. So that's your little trip into true crime uh, Mormonism. Jeez. What a mess, Ervil. You are, like I said, you're evil, guy. Yeah. Your family, your own daughter. Oh, my gosh. Own daughter, grandson. He literally gave two shits of who he killed. If you spoke out against him, it did not matter. That's scary. That's horrifying. You want to know how quickly I would have been killed? (laughs) I would have been dead the first day. For sure. I would have been like, what the fuck? No chance. Yeah, no chance. No chance. But um, it's just interesting to me that he actually killed Christine Brown's grandfather. And ironically, you know, she had to uh, flee Utah to avoid being arrested for cohabitation, just like her grandfather did. History repeating itself. Let's keep the murder out of this one, though. Yeah. Out of today's happenings yeah Yeah, we don't want any of that to happen so yeah just a quick trip not a long episode guys i just thought it would be fun to throw that in there and show you that while we all like to follow our religious leaders sometimes it's not the best idea clearly especially Mm -hmm. when it's uh culty not the not the way to go very culty and i wonder when the church is split like you mentioned i wonder Mm -hmm. The split if some people just stayed because out of fear. You know? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm sure people were, you know, just in these modes that, you know, if I do this, I'm going to go to heaven because they're very serious about getting into heaven. There's, um, I guess, in the Mormon church, and of course, I could be wrong. So don't come at me for this. I'm not Mormon. Um, when you get married, you're sealed for eternity. So... If you get a divorce, this is why they say you have to get um, permission from the church leaders um, because you have to break that seal. Mm -hmm. You can also break the seal with your children um, because you're sealed to your children for eternity as well in the church. So when this religion is that serious and it's that You have to do certain things and keep in line or you're going to break that seal or you're not going to make it to heaven with the rest of your family. You know, people are pretty scared. Right. Which is fair when you, you know, have such deep beliefs and everything. Correct. I am Catholic, not Catholic. Catholic, not Catholic. (laughs) I'm actually, um, don't fall out of your chair here, but I've actually- You don't even know what a fucking church is. Whatever. <laughs> well, I actually have been doing Bible studies for the past couple weeks, trying to uh, familiarize myself and save my little soul. It's too late. <laughs> oh, no, I thought I'm you might get a kick out of that. Holy shit. I don't even know what to do with that. I need to drink now. Um. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm still going to be me though. So there's that. I don't know. I don't know how that works or how God's going to feel about that. (laughs) I don't know how that works. If you're still going to be you, (laughs) I don't know. Well, I told you when we were in new Orleans, there's a church down there. And, um, (laughs) I told Timmy, well, let's go into the church. And he stopped and he looked at me. He's like, (laughs) no, this church was built in the 1700s. And I'm like, yeah. Exactly why I want to go in and see it. He's like, you can't. It will burst into flames. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, watch this. And I walked right up into that church and nothing happened. See? 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 Yeah. So anyway, it just, um, sorry, that was so quick, guys. I just thought that it would be a little interesting story to show you that not all psychopaths are, you know, scary, scary people. Sometimes they come in the form of church leaders. Who is absolutely terrifying, clearly. Yeah. And, you know, there's no account before his brother pissed him off and embarrassed him of him being a shithead. So mm. so did Joel just, did he want leadership <clears throat> that bad? That right. That just spurred him into, you know allegedly killing over 35 people and the fact that his daughter's body has never been found. Yeah. That's so gross and just so evil. Like I don't understand how anybody could kill their kids no matter what. Like I don't care this case, any other case, like your kids, come on. Yeah. And and having your wives as your hitmen. <laughs> These women like what? Uh, the, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that. That's probably a whole nother, whole that's, nother episode. That's a certain kind of dedication that no man will ever find from me ever. <laughs> yeah. And um, sorry, guys, but I did get excited because it had ties to my queen, Christine Brown. Well, of course. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's it for your True Crime Wednesday. Uh, We will have something extremely juicy for you next week, I am sure. Sounds good. Okay, everyone. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.